I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon, and they call it the Dirty Dixon Double. Sounds terrifying, doesn't it? Well, it can be, but it can also be fun. What is it, you ask? It's the Purple Patch code word shared amongst our pros all over the last 10 or 15 years of coaching, where we have athletes race back to back weekends. Let's say a half Ironman followed by another just six or seven days later, or an Ironman just a week after a really tough half Ironman distance. Ouch, it doesn't get more dirty than that. Today is all about the Dirty Dixon Double. Well, not quite, but there are a lot of races clustered up in the summer and fall, and many of you eager listeners are entered in races with close proximity. Perhaps you've got a marathon only three weeks apart from each other, or three triathlons all spread across a month. How do you train for this cluster of races? What are the common mistakes? How do you set up mentally to ensure that you emerge with high performance success and of course you're also injury free? Today, what I'm gonna do is give you a checklist, 10 points to take into consideration when you plot your path to success. Now all of that is to come, but we kick off today's show with a very special edition of Ooh the Bleeding Echo You. And for this week, I want to tell you a little story. Go on, pop upstairs, get your pajamas on, come downstairs, get your cocoa. Here we go. Because I want to tell you a story about a young man. Now, at the age of 29, this young man joined up with Purple Patch, and he had great aspirations of being a professional triathlete. He had already a very strong but injury-riddled running career. But at the same time, He swam like a donkey, let's face facts. He began his triathlon journey, and with that began our coach-athlete relationship, one that spanned 10 years. Over the course of those years, he went through many ups and downs of what is normal to make up a professional triathlon career, but certainly a career that had many more ups than it did have downs. This young lad found success early, perhaps earlier than expected, winning a very large race all on a borrowed bike and a mirrored pair of Walgreens Aviator sunglasses. His first Ironman, the first time he had to take it on, was a little gift from me, a surprise. And I threw that gift to him just the week following the 70.3 World Championships, which meant that he went into the race with no specific Ironman training, no experience to build a plan on. He went in, he raced. He won that race. It was Ironman Wales. Over the course of his career, he developed a brand for himself, and he had massive success over both Ironman and Ironman 70.3 distances. And his last race as a pro was quite simply a drop-the-mic moment. It was at the iconic Challenge Rolt Ironman distance race, and he had three goals for this race. The first was to get a podium finish. The second is he dreamt of breaking eight hours. And finally, 
he wanted to run off the bike for the marathon in under two hours and 45 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, check, check, check. That'll do. But the important part of this story was a side project, something that he took on in parallel to his professional triathlon career, along with his wife and business partner and friend, Steph, an energy bar company was created. And over the last years, that company, Picky Bars, has grown. And it's developed in a really authentic and grounded way, focusing on community, honesty, transparency. And over the last years, product lines have expanded. The business is built. Well, this last week, Picky Bars was acquired by Led Hamilton and Gabby Reese's Superfood Empire. It is, without doubt, an amazing acquisition for both Picky Bars and Superfoods alike. A hugely impressive chapter turn for the company of Picky Bars. We have to say, what an accomplishment. In a tough market from the ground up to build great success. And so, ooh the bleeding heck are you? You are Jesse Thomas. From coach, athlete, to now friend. I and all at Purple Patch want to give you a hearty congratulations. We also want to thank you for being a massive part of our team and family. And we cannot tell you how proud we are for the small contributions that we've made to your journey. And so to you, Lauren, Steph, immerse, enjoy, celebrate. You guys created magic. You built a community. Well done. And now, let's do a squatty update. Yes, for the squatty update, it's all about fall event planning. Okay, folks, this is a big one that's coming. Mark your calendars, May the 25th, because we are doing a free webinar and Q&A for you guys, all of you guys. And it's all going to be anchored around the subject of second, setting up the second half of your season, full racing, or for you guys that need translating over in Europe, the autumn. Why are we focusing on this part of the year? Well, there's really two main reasons. Firstly, let's face facts, it is a year like no other. And if you look at the racing calendar, it is a blizzard of racing towards the end of the year. And so it's imperative. You want to, you need to get the plan right. And we believe we can help you with that. Secondly, we're doing it now, late spring, because we really have a chance to actually make an imprint on your performance. You've got the runway now, so you should take action. What I'm going to do is lead, provide my perspective, some applicable rules. And what you have to do is listen, learn, and then ask the questions of your choice. Yes, we invite you to be an active participant in this process. It is live on May the 25th and it is absolutely open to all. And so share and share wide. Invite your friends. They do not need to be Purple Patch athletes. And I should point out, if you register but you cannot make it, do not fret. We will send you the recording of the whole session so that you can watch it to be American at your leisure. But one word of warning, do it now. We've decided to retain the quality that we are going to limit the entry to this live event. We're going to close it. And so we want to ensure that everyone can participate and also get the questions in. So ensure that you register now. It's absolutely free and we'll leave the details in the show notes. Now, 
while you're at it, I want to give you one other thing for the Squatty update, and that's because this week we are officially launching our full live and video on demand, kind of Netflix style, if you like, coaching product for Purple Patch athletes. And it is all on a brand new platform. All of the sessions are infused into the Purple Patch coaching and squad event, and they are available to our athletes. Live, video on demand, and something else that's really, really cool, doesn't happen elsewhere. We call them watch parties. So what you can do is you can gang up with your friends on video, share the session, and be absolutely synchronized to that workout. So while you're being coached by, say, little me on the bike, getting the cues, getting the coaching, hopefully inspiring and not making you laugh too much, you guys can motivate one another, inspire one another, chat, complain, whatever tickles your fancy. And the thing about this, guys, is what this adds up to is something quite amazing. It's called real coaching. You get real feedback and you get intent. Exactly. We want you to put some brains and intent into your training so that you can achieve. What a wonderful world. Achieve. Oh, and by the way, while you're doing that, you actually have permission to have fun. Isn't that naughty? What you're going to get to do is see some of Barry's camera work. You've heard the ukulele on this show, but now you're going to see his camera work. You're also going to get to understand why Mrs. Jenkins is always in a rush to pop the kettle on. You're going to feel the pain of the intervals that we call boarding school, locked in a dark closet, ladies and gentlemen. And you're even going to be inspired to hold on, stay strong, as we go what we call bottoms open. Yes? That's full gas. You guessed it. It's all infused to the Purple Patch program. And I would say this right now, this is the time. So feel free to reach out to us if you want to find your best performance. Come on. If you've been straddling the fence, jump off. We'll help you fly. We're pretty good at that. Purplepatchfitness.com. Or if you want a little personal powwow, just reach out to us on email, info at purplepatchfitness.com, and we will get back to your lickety split. Now, I know that you're a little tired from bike class this morning, Barry, and it's not because you were pumping your legs. It's all of that camera work, isn't it? But you must rise up. You must put the beer down. Baza, it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Yes, word of the week this week, and oh, I get to inspire. I encourage you stand up and stretch as long as you're not driving along the freeway while you're listening to this show. The word of the week this week is go, but not just go, go for it. Go for it. Seriously, go for it. You have absolutely nothing to lose on this crazy adventure that is sport and life. People end up living shackled by holding themselves back, cautious about the what-ifs, thinking about the things that might happen. But let me give you a word of wise. Go for it. If something happens, well, you know what we'll do? We'll work it out. You want to start a business? Go for it. Define your purpose. Get advice from as many folk as you possibly can. And then start humble 
nimble, and be pragmatic. But give it the biggest crack you can. Yes, give it a go. You want to take on an Ironman, run a marathon? Are you worried that your body might not be able to stand the training? Can you actually find the right path? Go for it. Find a way. Go out, get coaching, create partnerships and allies with your family and friends. Start humble, be nimble, and stay pragmatic. And then, yes, give it the biggest crack you can. Give it a go. Give it a go. Go for it. You want to change jobs and do something different? Give it a go. Don't stand still in life, all because of what might be potential roadblocks and obstacles. Don't hold back because the ground might give way under your feet. If it does, fly. Start humble, stay nimble, be pragmatic. But once you decide to give something a crack, go all in, all in, give it a go. Our word of the week, go for it. Now, after that uplifter, Barry, let's stuff our faces. It is time for the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes under the banner of the Dirty Dixon Double, but we're talking about clustered racing. You see, you might be getting ready for something. You might be training for something. Or in prior lives, prior years, you've gone on the journey of training for events. And you understand that with a clear goal, a big event in mind, an X on the calendar, it's easy to have clarity. And from that clarity, that pinpoint precision, the compass that you have, it's very easy to create a roadmap. You establish laser focus on that target weekend and you start to get ready. But what happens when you have a cluster of races or you've got a series of races in a really short period of time frame that are almost back to back and all of those events all kind of feel important to you? You want to do well in not just one, but all of them. Well, suddenly you realize there are very few off-the-shelf training plans that guide you through this type of scenario. The textbooks don't give you much of a guide, and I'm afraid many coaches stumble and begin to get confused. Many athletes live through this type of environment, and they end up being pinballs, back and forth, back and forth, towards events, layering fatigue, but not layering performance. And ultimately, They don't do well in any of their events, let alone a single one of them. No more crash and burn. What we're going to do today is go through a simple checklist. Yeah, I thought I'd be cute. My 10 points to success on the old back-to-back, the Dirty Dixon Double. But we add to it a cluster of races too. So treat that as an asterisk. I promise you that if you apply these 10 points, you're going to have a much greater chance of success. Why do I say that? Because this top 10 list has been drawn off of the last 15 years of experience. Now, I'm going to puff my feathers a little bit here, so hold hands and realize that it's not ego-driven as much as I think it's important to share. What are we good at at Purple Patch? 
Well, I think we're really good at helping people integrate sport into life. We help them achieve their goals, their targets, what they want to achieve in sport. But we do so while helping them also thrive in the rest of life. That's kind of the whole center heartbeat of everything we do at Purple Patch. But another thing that we do that's a little more granular is I think that we've got a really rich history of helping athletes do back-to-backs, train for an event, and then turn around and repeat. Now, part of that, as you'll hear today, is because of the methodology, and we want you to apply that methodology. And so, without further ado, we get to dig into my top 10 list. I will say, Barry, I'm going to need you in this one, mate, because there are 10 things I need to keep track of, so your job is to keep me on track. It's going to be very challenging. So, fasten your seatbelt, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Number one, and perhaps the most important thing, the first principle, you want to ensure that you don't arrive to the first race really fatigued. This is perhaps the most important thing. If you've got a cluster of races coming back or you're doing a back-to-back race, your actual rate of recovery from that first race is going to be impacted by a few things. The first is the depth of effort of the race itself. So if it really takes the wind out of the sails, you have to go very deep. Of course, that's going to impact recovery. You're also going to have environmental conditions or considerations. That's going to impact your rate of recovery. I will add tangentially that people always think that the hot races are the ones that really knock you back. They are grueling and terribly challenging and certainly require more recovery than just regular nice clement conditions. But it's the cold races that really knock it back. But coming back to the main point, the third element, and this is really important, is recovery is going to be impacted by how much fatigue you bring into that race. So how much deep fatigue do you carry from the training to prepare? Now, I have long spouted on about arriving to races fit and fresh rather than fit and fatigued. You've heard me say that many, many times. But in these back-to-back race situations, it becomes even more critical. You don't recover from an Ironman, for example, just from the day itself. When you recover from an Ironman, you're recovering from the day, which is obviously massively stressful, but also all of the training that has actually prepared you for it. And so you're recovering from the race and the layered training that you did to prepare. So if you come in tired and then you race, you just get tireder. Yes, I know. I'm joking on my English there. I'm not that bad at English, ladies and gentlemen. But the point is that consistent training into a race is critical. But at the same time, it becomes so important in clustered races that you get there really vibrant and really fresh. Okay, so that's one in the bank. You start to feel like this session might be possible. We might actually be able to achieve all 10 in the time limit that we have. So number two really important. Don't forget your supporting habits. Ah, the supporting habits. You see, one of the elements that is going to carry you through the rigors of back-to-back racing is actually really simple. It's doubling down on the very central tenant of the purple patch approach, and we call that your four pillars. Now, I mentioned in number one, it's really important to arrive fresh and healthy. 
So we appreciate that this is important, but the route to get there isn't by just doing less training because that's going to condition you less. It is actually by firstly optimizing training effectiveness. So you've got to have a smart endurance training program, one that actually integrates into your overall picture of life stress, but as a point number two points out, is supported with those great habits. And so we have everything under nutrition, great daily eating, an important habit of post-workout fueling, sustaining really good habits around hydration status, all absolutely critical. Then we have recovery, sleeping well so that you actually get to amplify the results of training, having the courage to not obsess over the upcoming cluster of races and instead give yourself space to step away, ensuring that you're avoiding hyper-analysis and you give yourself a little bit of capacity and emotional energy elsewhere in your life so that then the event can shine, but you're also left over with a little bit of a full charge of that battery called willpower. And yes, even the fourth pillar, strength. I encourage you, in fact, invite you to dial it in. It must remain consistent as it improves resilience globally. All of these pillars or supporting habits are really helpful. See, realize that when you get your recipe right with the four pillars, they make champions. But in these really high stress environments, such as back-to-back or clustered racing, they are the very thing the very thing that provide a pathway to your great success. Okay, two down, pretty high level stuff. Let's get a little bit more granular for number three. In most cases, and by most I mean about 90% of the cases, in most cases it is better for you to train wholeheartedly for race number one, like a regular race, full steam ahead, and then use that fitness from the preparation of race number one to carry you through the subsequent races. So let me say that in a different way. Training for a back-to-back or a cluster of races doesn't mean that you're going to have a series of multiple race builds. Now that's going to be pretty obvious if your races are just a week apart, but what happens if you're doing two Ironman races spread apart by just five weeks or two marathon races that are four, five, or six weeks apart. There simply isn't enough time to complete two entire race builds, and you shouldn't need to. Instead, what you do is train and fully prepare for your initial race, bank a wonderful preparation with all of the fitness and resilience, and then you go and do that race. Now, that event itself is a stimulus, but your overall mindset then is to, quote, live off of that fitness. While the event itself acts as a training stimulus, your mission is to maintain fitness over the coming week, two weeks, three weeks, however long the gap is between races, and then sharpen. Now, more of this to come in the next point. It's not uncommon, I should point out, it's not uncommon that having the courage to this approach, really, really leaning into this approach, race number two or three, is where you actually get to roll out the kinks and have performances that are even better than race number one. Bank that for points later, okay? So point number three, train for race number one, let that fitness carry you through the rest of the cluster. 
somewhat associated now, we proudly march on to point number four. So I hope you're keeping your checklist going here. For point number four, I want you to cement a mantra in your mind. It's very simple. Recover, maintain, sharpen. Three words. These three words can be your guiding light, your framework of how you approach training in the gap between races or events. Now, the importance of this is the order. And so as much as you like to go into candy stores and do pick a mix, you can't. There is no mixing and matching here. It is how the chef is delivering it. Recover, maintain, sharpen. So point number one, recover. You absolutely need to have confidence and courage. I always say it takes courage to recover, but you must have confidence to clean out both mentally and physically following your initial event. You can't turn off and go and enjoy a week at the pub or fly to Vegas and turn your back on the sport. But you should prioritize really properly recovering, recharging the battery. And it is physical, but it's also emotional. Many, many athletes, in fact, I would urge to say most athletes really lack the courage to do this. Or they just underappreciate the absolute need and the power of complete recovery. Now, this might take a while, but it is absolutely critical. So step number one for success, post-race, from the first race, recover. Then, once that is done, secondly, it's not binary, of course, secondly is maintain. What I mean by that is maintain the fitness gains. The good news here is it doesn't take that much. It really doesn't. You're already fit. But the gap between the races is the time that we want to ensure that we don't actually start to detrain. We don't want to lose fitness. This is really important. And so all you're looking to do is just enough, and I use that word deliberately, just enough to ensure that you retain all of your cardiovascular conditioning and your muscular endurance. You also keep topped up your emotional familiarity with what hard work and endurance events are about. And so what you realize is you've got this sort of tension, this real balance between recovery and at the same time doing enough to maintain fitness so that we don't decondition. But those are the primary two things that we have to battle with. And then finally, thirdly, sharpen. If and when you nail the first two, it is then that you get free to inject a greater amount of intensity, so short, high intensity, in the build between the races. So rather than just going back to race-specific load or dress rehearsal type events, lean more into really, really hard, short, high-intensity work. Lift your capacity. It's going to help you. You want to do some long, over-distance endurance work. It's valuable. It retains familiarity. But it is the higher-intensity word that provides the boost and ultimately ensures that you are performance ready. And so embrace that side of it. Your mantra, recover, maintain, then sharpen. Okay, I want to come back for point number five to immediate recovery, because this is really important. This was the first point, remember, recover, maintain, and sharpen. So let's come back to that recovery part. Now, this is very similar, but I want to give you some deeper specific direction on this, particularly around post-race recovery. Because when we optimize for back-to-back -back racing, 
We want to ensure the first thing that we do is not go on a holiday because a static body is not a high recovering system. It's really, really important that you move the body in the days following the event. It's going to accelerate the healing. Activity is critical to facilitate recovery. It's also going to help you maintain a sense of rhythm. And so you should feel better sooner by doing activity in the days following. Now, this doesn't mean that you're returning immediately to training. And that's particularly important with the cognitive load that training brings. Whether you've had a great performance, a bad or indifferent performance in that first initial race, your mind needs space to recover. So you want to do everything that you can for your brain. And I would give yourself at least three to five days before you put any real pressure from that word train. So I ask you to move the body, but I tell you not to train. That's right. Move the body, don't train the body. You want to keep the body moving as it's going to help that bridge to bridge. It's going to help you feel better sooner, but you're only rebuilding the system. You're not stressing the system to try and make it stronger. So you're in that first category. A second part of your recovery is coming back to your supporting habits as well. Make sure that you're lubricating the joints, the system, the muscles. In other words, lots of really good hydration. Restore full hydration status, support the immune system, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And coupled with that, a ton of protein and highly nutritious foods. Really, really important. You need to double down on good fueling and hydration, not just post-race, not just immediately following, but in the days following. And if you get all three of these components right and then add on top of it really good sleep and rest, what will happen? You'll emerge. Now, how do we used to say, oh, that's right, emerge stronger. And before you ask, because I know you're thinking it, yes, it is a good time to do things like wear those fancy compression boots that you got sold or go and have some body work and massage. The only thing with body work, hands-on body work, is I would give it a day or two to let the inflammation die down before you start doing those deep, deep rubs. Good. Now, it's a time for a little controversy. Fasten your seatbelt for number six. Here we go. Deep breath out. I'm going to say it. Performance metrics are not that useful between races. Now, there's a caveat here, except to highlight fatigue. There, I said it. Metrics really can be useful between races because they provide insights into your state of recovery or your level of fatigue. The responsiveness of your heart rate, the power relative to perceived effort and heart rate, and other markers that can help paint a picture of how your recovery process is going. But make sure that you don't expect or seek season best training performances or metrics. In fact, I would even assume with most athletes that you're not expecting to see full recovery status or metrics between races. Now, what I tend to do is I tend to think about back-to-back -back races as a single stress event rather than having a race fully recovering, having another race. There we go. Thank you very much, Mrs. Jenkins. Instead, it's a single stress event. 
So as a coach, I don't search for complete recovery. I know it's going to be very challenging. The body is actually in the midst of navigating a high stress environment with the impact of the first race, the emotional toil, ups and downs that might happen, including the recovery from that race, and then bringing back in the expectations and the challenge of going to race again. It's in, almost impossible for the body to find rhythm, homeostasis. And so therefore your training sessions as standalones aren't really expected to be great. And guess what? It doesn't mean anything. It's not that bad. You don't need to train great between races. Remember, recovery, maintain fitness and sharpening. And so all you need to do is what's needed. But on top of it, it takes a little faith in yourself, a little trust, a little courage in your body. But trust me, when you go to the start line of race number two and you call on the body, it knows what to do. It will respond as long as you leave emotion on the sidelines. Give the body capacity to respond. Don't chase it. Don't harbor higher notion. Just recover and then go, all right, what I need to do now is give it a rip. Are you coming along, body? And 99 times out of 100 with that approach, guess what? It works. All right. So we're well and truly over halfway. We've climbed the mountain. We see the meadows. I can almost smell the grass. We move to number seven, and that is maintain strength. Really maintain strength. It is really important for tissue health, joint mobility, core stability, neurological coordination and connection, and maintaining the gains in strength that you've made over the course of the season so far. Over the course of back-to-back -back racing, what you're not trying to do is get stronger. Instead, you're retaining the pieces of the puzzle that we mentioned, but through a bit more of a mm, therapeutic lens. These sessions don't need to be particularly challenging, but they do remain really important. And I promise you, after two or three short sessions, it's going to facilitate even further recovery. And it's also going to help you improve the feeling. And it's nice that you start to feel this, the feeling of kind of being held together, compact, joint, coordinated. Yes, it's going to help you feel a little bit more like an athlete. And so maintain strength. Okay. Now, Barry, I told you I was going to need help. Where am I here? I think we're pretty close to being done, but I also trust and hope you've been keeping count. So show me the fingers. It's not number six. That's how many beers you've had. It's Barry. Sorry, guys. Hang on. Hang on a second, guys. Come on, man. Buck up. What? Yep. I think you're right. Okay. Number eight. Thank you, Barry. You're falling behind. It's actually my, my level of expectations. You need to clear the bar of mediocrity. I need to get on with the show. Here we go. Number eight. All right. Well done. Let's get back on track. Number eight. Ah, oh, my favorite, guys. Here it is. Rule number eight. Embrace the big bang. Okay. The big bang is for races that are more than two weeks apart. Because you want to implement the Big Bang somewhere between seven and nine. So let's call it eight days out of the second race, the Big Bang. So what this is, 
is if you're more than two weeks apart of your back-to-back races, you are going to hit a high-octane session. It's going to be about eight days out, and it provides massive value. So what would it look like? Well, you'd warm up a little bit, and let's imagine, let's use a case study here because I think it's a little easier. I'm going to have you do a half Ironman after another half Ironman, but we're going to do it three weeks apart. All right, so you recover, you maintain, you begin to sharpen, and now you're eight days out of race number two. Here's what it looks like. I send you out on the bicycle, you do a short warm-up, and then you're going to do a series of intervals that are only 10 seconds in duration but they are absolute max, the full Kirby, all in. Now, if I were a youth football coach or soccer coach here in England, and I would point out I'd probably have a very tight blonde perm, but what I would say is, go on, Sean, put your foot through the ball. Go on, go have it. And it is that exactly that. It is that kind of max. You have to put your foot through the ball. Absolute all in. Six, seven, eight repetitions. Boom, the big bang. But you're not done. You go through a little bit of easy spinning, and then I'm going to have you go through a series of very hard efforts, well above your race pace. Four, five, six intervals of four minutes, all in, very, very strong. And you're going to have about 100% of recovery, so about four minutes or five minutes of recovery between each of those intervals. And then I'll finish with whatever your race distance is, in this case, it's a half Ironman distance, 15 minutes at that pace. You're ready for donuts, aren't you? But unfortunately, it's not done. The Big Bang brings you more than that. You then go 30 minutes off the bike with a pyramid of pace, fast, faster, fastest, all bringing you up to a pace. In this example of a half Ironman athlete, a pace with short intervals, two, three, or four minutes in duration that are five to 10K pace. Yes, it's hardly race-specific. It is a shock, or it is the big bang. Now, if you do this, refuel, and follow that day by a really smooth endurance day of training, then you have a couple of easy days, smoking jackets, let the body assimilate, Midweek, next week, now it's race week, a little bit of intensity is gained, nowhere near the Big Bang, but yes, spice of life is good, a little smooth recovery, and then guess what? You do your race pep, and hey, presto, you race like a champion. You are sharp. Good stuff. All right, we are almost home, ladies and gentlemen, two to go. Number nine, here it is on our top 10 list, commit to your performance your best performance in every race. It's a blank slate. Everyone is a chance to shine. What do I mean by that? Well, let's suppose you have a great race on race number one. Carry the lessons and the confidence, but now you need to go and race race number two. On the flip side, let's say that you struggle in race number one. All right, learn and apply the lessons, but there's no need to carry any baggage. You see, if you're going back-to-back or clustered racing, I promise you, good, bad, or indifferent, the first race does not predict the second. A great first race is often turned to a rotten second race because of the athlete's complacency. The assumption now, it's just going to happen, and it won't. On the flip side, a tough first race can be ruined because the athlete ends up 
eroding their confidence, carrying the mental baggage and starting to stack pressure on themselves. And so instead of taking either of these two paths, I invite you to begin the journey towards back-to-back -to -back racing or clustered racing with a very simple commitment. And that is, I'm going to go blank slate. Each and every race is going to be new, fresh, and it has to be treated with what it is, a race unto itself. So sure, if you have a great day on race number one, allow your confidence to build, but avoid complacency. You are going to, if you want to have an equally impressive second race, you are going to have to nail the basics, absolutely retain the same hunger, and be ready to fight, fight, fight again. It's exactly the same commitment and follow through that is needed. On the flip side, if you face adversity, step up, shake it off, learn the lessons, sure, but double down. Make sure that you allow yourself freedom to still have fun, to go out and give it a crack and go and race and enjoy the second chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is America. We love second chances here. But guess what? This is actually one of the times that you really get to have another go. So don't let it bypass you. Keep smiling, trust your process, and one bad event does not make a bad athlete. And so with that, we come to the end, the final one. Barry, it's number 10. And it's simple and it's short, but it is still really important. Between races, if you are in doubt, do less. Have confidence, do less. Yes, it is much, much better to err on the side of caution and also recovery than it is to get pulled back into really hard training. Now, this is really challenging of a concept for those of you that might experience a bad first race because the instinct, the very normal instinct is, I want redemption. Okay, this isn't a Liam What's-His-Face movie. Instead, what this is, is following the mantra. You want to recover, then maintain, and then you want to sharpen. And so, if you do feel like you're tired emotionally or physically, do a little less. Don't drive back into hard work. It will be your undoing. Instead, pause. Let it be. Remember, in these cluster of races, fitness is not going to be your limiter. Double down on fit and fresh and just get ready to race. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are my 10 tricks to back-to-back -to -back racing. Now, I realize that I give you those 10 and you might be going, I like the smell of this, but I want more. Well, there's two things. Firstly, you can join me for that May 25th seminar. It's free. Register online. It's in the show notes. And in there, I will be expanding my thoughts on this. But also, you get to come and join and ask me questions. Remember, it's limited, so you're going to have to sign up pretty quick if you want your spot. And yes, you might have guessed it, but I promise you, if you are looking over the fence and thinking, maybe I could do with all structure here, maybe some support, some help, some actual brains in my programming, it's a great time to jump on board. You know something? I'm going to tell you a secret. We don't mess it up too often. We tend to help people thrive. And this, this, in honesty, is one of the things that we do really well. So if you want help, hey, reach out, info at purplepatchfitness.com or you know where the website is. But either way, no pressure. I really thank you for participating. And really what we want out of this is for you, the loyal listener, 
to go out and have a fantastic season of performance. Now, next week, guys, it is a corker. I'm not going to tell you, but we've got a special guest next week. It is a goodie. And so with that, stay healthy. I wish you all the best and say, take care. Hey guys, this is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if we share with your friends and really go the extra mile. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to follow, rate, and review the show. Your support and reviews go a long way to increasing our visibility and, of course, the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive, just like me and you. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to the episode resources and all of our programs can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Thanks much for listening. Take care.